So church, let's uh, now go to the Word of God. We have a new text that is before us that will be our focus scripture uh, in the month of March. So let us go there now, Psalm 19 and 14. So let us offer these words this morning unto the glory of God responsibly. If you would, please join me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen and amen and amen. Church, if you would, let us bow our heads and go unto the mighty presence of God for a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do give thanks, Lord, uh, to you, Lord, for this day, for the very gift of life, Lord, for putting breath into our lungs, Lord, for making this day possible, Lord, for worship, Lord, to give you the glory both through uh, the ministry of music and the proclamation of the word. Lord, I can't think of a better, a more extraordinary place to be, Lord, but then your house. So, Lord, I am thankful, Lord, for those that are here this day, for those that are traveling or uh, faced with illness this day. We do pray, Lord, the hand of Jesus upon them. Lord, we also uh, lift up, Lord, uh, your words that are in your book, O oh God. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I pray, Lord, that this will be uh, the very uh, biblical marching orders that all of us have each and every day, and that our prayer can always be, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Lord, when it becomes less of us and more of you, Lord, extraordinary things happen, miraculous things happen. So I pray, Lord, that we all take very close attention to this scripture, Lord, that what comes from the mouth, what comes from the tongue, Lord, can in fact be a meditation of our hearts and that it always can be acceptable unto you in your sight, Lord. Less about pleasing man and more about being obedient, Lord, and being about pleasing you. This is our prayer, for you are always and will forever be our strength and our Redeemer. We ask this now in the name of Jesus Christ, who gave us his own model prayer for daily living, for kingdom living. Church, if you would, join me now in the Lord's Prayer, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So, uh, church, I, I would invite you just for a moment as I uh, get to the Word of God, if you would just uh, take a glance at your bulletin, the center section. I, I've placed a few notes there for you that you can refer to, and I certainly want you to add to these notes as the Holy Spirit speaks to you through uh, Scripture, through the Word of God, or, or it's something that the Spirit just places on your heart that you need to write down so that you can uh, remember. I, I want you, I want you to be able to to do that. So this morning, I, I want us to focus ourselves on the message of the cross because we, you and I, are shortly going to be there in the Scriptures in just a few short weeks. We are going to be hand-in-hand uh, hand with Jesus going with Him to Jerusalem. So I want us to be biblically and spiritually prepared for that. So that is that is important. So if you would, please join me. If you have your Bibles in front of you, it is also projected on the screen. We're going to be going to 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. So here's what we need to know. We need to know that this is the Apostle Paul, and he is addressing in these two books, a church, a church in Corinth. And he has a lot to say to these churches. But Paul's message, okay, in the majority of the New Testament, in the letters that he wrote, that message of the cross is key. That is one of his central theological messages that he wants to proclaim to the believers as he is traveling and doing ministry. So we're going to look at a text here that I think is all very important for, for us to know and to take note of. So without any further ado, let's go there now. Uh, my scripture, I, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, in your scripture, it, it might be worded a little bit different, but the title of this particular section is called Christ, the power and wisdom of God. So, I'm interested, and I know you are too, in what Paul has to say. So, let's, let's go there now. Verses 18 through 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks 
seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, there's a lot going on in this text, so I I, want to unpack uh, several things here. The first thing that I want to, uh, to look at is... Uh, Paul's mention of this foolish message, this this foolishness that's going on. Uh, So I'm going to go back to the text and read verses 18 and 19 there and then bring bring some clarity to it. So, So let's look at this foolishness that he's talking about. He says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So take note right there of the power of God because we're going to come back to that. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Also take note of that. That's key for us to hear and to see. And bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. So here, here's how I want to summarize what Paul is saying here so that we can hear this and take this to heart because this is as relevant today as it is when Paul was writing it and doing ministry. And I'm going to say this several times because I want you to get it down in your heart and on paper. Church, the message of the cross will always, always, always be foolish to someone who is looking for something other than Jesus Christ, the cross, and Jesus crucified. Let me say that again, okay? The message of the cross will always be foolish and be looked at as foolishness for someone who is seeking something else besides Jesus Christ, the cross at Calvary, and Jesus Christ crucified, okay? Now, I want you to ask yourself why. That's the big question. Why? Why would someone think that the message of the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, is absolute foolishness? There's three things that I want to share this day. Number one, the reason why it is foolish to someone who is seeking something else is because it is not entertaining. The message of the cross is not entertaining. And what I mean by that is, okay, 
For someone who is seeking only entertainment, the message of the cross is not a Taylor Swift concert, okay? You're not going to be entertained in that way. The message of the cross is not like your favorite TV show that entertains you, that makes you laugh, that gives you warm and fuzzies on the inside. The message of the cross is not entertaining like a big blockbuster summer movie with explosions and excitement. You see, the message of the cross is not entertaining to the world and to someone who lives only in the world. It's not entertaining in that way. Therefore, it's foolishness, you see. Another thing that I want to mention here, the message of the cross is not pleasing to man's carnal nature, you see. For someone living in the world, this is not going to give you the message of the cross, a lustful high like the world does that pleases, you see, the flesh and the eye only. It is not that way, the message of the cross. It's not going to give you that worldly, lustful high. And then thirdly, I want to say this. The message of the cross does not promote self-centeredness at all. You see, for the world, to the world, somebody that lives in the world and only worships worldly things, they are going to look at the message of the cross as complete foolishness. And I want to just lay that ground by saying that. But now I want to tell you about what the message of the cross is and what it should be and what it always needs to be. So let's go back to the Word of God. I want us to look at verse uh, 21 and 25. Listen to this. Paul again, he says this about the message of the cross. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached, here it is, church, to save those who believe. If you are in the world and you are only living for the world, here it is, you are perishing. But if you are living for Jesus Christ, look, it is meant, the cross is, to save those who believe, Scripture says. But let's build on that because there's more meat on the biblical bone here. It's verse 25. Listen to this. Paul says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, okay, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. I love Paul's use of words here because he literally takes the idea 
of foolishness and the foolishness of the message of the cross, and he turns it upside down, he shakes it up, and then he puts it into a spiritual blender here for us. And he basically is saying this, that this foolish message of the cross is in fact the power and the wisdom of God, you see, for those who believe and who are being saved. Let me just say this again. This is important for all of us to know because we are to be living what? In the world, but not of the world as people of Jesus Christ. The foolish message of the cross, Paul is saying, well, it turns out that this very message is in fact the power and the wisdom of God. But let me build on this idea of what this message is and the power that it has. Let me go to verse 18. Listen to this. Listen to this. Verse 18, back at the very start of this scripture, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness. Look, we, we've got a good understanding about that. To those who are perishing, you see, spiritually dying here, okay? But to us who are being saved, that's you and I, who are seeking Jesus, who are seeking to be more like Jesus, being saved, it is in fact the power of God. Let's focus on that word power just for a moment. I found this absolutely fascinating. So the word power, it is in the same word family as the word dunamis, dunamis, and let me spell that for you, dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. We get the word dynamite from dunamis. Do you see where I'm going here? Also, the word miracle, okay, is in the same word family as power and as Dunamis. So putting it all together, the power of God, church, is like dynamite, and it is the greatest of all miracles. Now you can stand on that, you see. That is rock solid ground that you and I can stand upon, unshakable, un deniable. So let me end with this, the message of the cross. We know what the world says about the message of the cross. Very tragically, the world, and this is the work of the enemy as well, says that the message of the cross is foolishness. But going to the Word of God and standing upon the truth of what the Word of God says, it says that the message of the cross is the only, only truthful, dynamite, saving message that is worth knowing and having for us this day.
believing it and standing upon it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, it's unfortunate, but your word is being manipulated. Your word is being watered down. There is hostility toward your word. There is hostility toward Jesus Christ. There is hostility toward the body of Christ, the church. And it's very, very easy to get so frustrated, to get so downtrodden that living in the world, we began to conform to it. I pray in the name of Jesus that we can find hope in these words, Lord, that we can find truth in these words, that we can find your saving grace in these words, that who we are and what we are about we will never believe the lie that the devil tells us that this is complete foolishness. In fact, it is the exact opposite. It is like dynamite. It is powerful. And it is life-changing. So let us remember that. Let these words comfort us when we are hurt and broken. Let your word be, in fact, the balm in Gilead to heal those wounds and to mend us and to make us spiritually whole. We stand upon your word that is rock solid. Glory be to your name. Amen.